We might be too young to have a spotted cow, but we are both diehard Packers fans. I could talk about this for hours. He was my legend. He was my quarterback one. Taysom Hill, forever in my heart. We have a kind of a reputation of being the young, the young diehard fans. How is that, Dr. Pepper Taysom? Amazing. Okay, good. Let's keep it over 25 minutes, all right? It is a beautiful day, like always, like all 365 days of the year, to be a Green Bay Packers fan as they are 6-1. and one. They got their latest win against the Washington football team. And me and Big B are ready back for another week to talk some Green Bay Packers football. Big B, how are you feeling on this Tuesday or Wednesday evening? Oh, man, the positive vibes are through the roof, like our good friend Tyler always says. Let's go. Yes, uh, they truly are. And, uh, you know, we got a lot of talk about uh, today for the good or uh, for the worse. But either way, we got quite an eventful next two or three days ahead of us as the Packers will look to take on the Arizona Cardinals, the undefeated, the best team in the league. Arizona Cardinals uh, with MVP candidate. Nope, nope. I'm not going to throw that out there. I'm not going to throw out MVP candidate in week eight. Not allowed. One of the top quarterbacks in the league right now with his performance is Kyler Murray. And a buttload of, uh, of offensive weapons for Cliff Kingsbury. So we'll go full in depth to that Arizona Cardinals game in a little bit there. But first, we got to talk about Packers game against Washington. Then we'll head into unfortunate news coming out of Green Bay this week. And then uh, we'll head into that preview against Arizona. So let's head into it. First Washington, week seven, the Packers 24 to 10. And the first thing I want to talk about, Big B, it is number five to Rashawn Gary. Number 52, not the one on my post right here, Clay Matthews. Well, Rashawn Gary is looking like the second coming of Clay Matthews right now. He deserves to rep that 52 number after last week's performance. And, you know, if you've been watching, paying attention, you could tell really all of, if you've been watching since last year, you could tell a game like this was going to be coming from Rashawn Gary. And we can see much more of that down the line. And of course, like the only week where I don't say Rashawn Gary is about to go off, Rashawn Gary goes off. <laughs> Uh, with a total of two sacks and much more quarterback pressures. Big B, uh, what are your overthought, overall thoughts on Rashawn's performance? Yeah, I feel like, again, he's getting better and better each game, just like the entire defense as a whole. Like, very excited for Rashawn Gary. Um, but, you know, I, I thought he was a bust, like, like people are saying a few years ago. I just thought he was a bust. But now he is the second coming of that of the man right behind your shoulder, Clay Matthews. So, so, so wait, you were you were on the Rashawn Gary's a bus train? Oh no, no, I'm just oh, saying. Oh. You're, you're just... I I absolutely love the Rashawn Gary pick right when it happened. I feel like I was the only one who was like jumping around in my room with full excitement when that pick was made. Yeah, all, that pick was certainly not maybe not unexpected, but the Packers had a lot of options at pick number twelve. Yes. It was their first time in quite a while being able to pick uh, really past the 20th or ahead of the 20th overall pick. So last year, the year before that, in 2018, they picked up Jerry Alexander and traded down. 
But then at the 12th overall pick, their highest pick since A.J. Hawk, they go out here. <laughs> they could have got uh, Noah Fan to tight end who they needed desperately at the time. Uh, plenty of other options. I really liked Cody Ford, an offensive lineman, but they got their offensive lineman in the second round, and then they got their pass rusher at the 12th overall pick. And, uh, yeah, he's uh, had quite quite a career path in Green Bay, and it's, it's so exciting to finally see some things um, heat up and turn into some great results. Next up, we got another great performance from, uh, like you mentioned, the defensive side of the ball. Four defensive stops, baby. And that is so because, well, the, the touchdown they scored early on in the game, uh, a 40 yard pass over Eric Stokes to Terry McLaurin, scary Terry. Uh, so they get that touchdown early on, wasn't in the red zone. They got a field goal, which was in the red zone. But other than that, the other three times either fumbled, turnover to Chandon Sullivan, or something, or a turnover on downs on the the QB sneak that didn't go in for a touchdown. Uh, so Packers defense, the stats don't tell the whole story there. But all that matters is before that game, they came in 15 for 15 on allowed touchdowns in the red zone, and they left Lambeau Field that day 15 out of 19. Baby, let's hear it for the red zone defense. Let's go! Yes, sir. Go Barry with his masterminds, man. Yes, love it. So, uh, you know, some great stuff from Washington uh, game. Some not so good stuff. Um, And, you know, we'll we'll leave the bad stuff for last because I still have one good point I want to bring up. Uh, Robert Tunyon and Alan Lazard finally getting some involvement in this Packers offense. Alan Lazard, before the second half, we got a two-minute drill. And let me just touch on this. The two-minute drill last year was absolutely atrocious. (laughs) <laughs> at least for the first half of that season until um, Aaron Rodgers got some explosive plays uh, to MBS against the Colts. Before that, and even past that points, the two-minute offense was just, like, so confusing, so infuriating to watch. I, You know, if you pulled up some of those, those tapes of what they did in those first few weeks um, and early onward from that, too, it's – it is hard to watch of them trying to put together a quick uh, two-minute drive before the end of the half. But this week, they get one going. They have Alan Rizard get five receptions for 63 yards and then end it off with a touchdown. So that's great to see. And then also Robert Tunyon, who hasn't been getting much looks lately, or really I think he might have the same amount of receptions uh, as last year at this point or last seven games, whatever. But – uh, none of them were really in the red zone like so many of them were like last year. But now he's getting more than checkdowns, at least in this week. And uh, he was able to get his first touchdown with Aaron Rodgers. So that's fun to see. And I also, before we move on to the bad stuff, because I know we're moving on to that next, I want to give a shout out to my boy. Dean Lowry, second week in a row, third week in a row, playing like an absolute monster. Big shout out to Dean Lowry. I think he had like one and a half sacks or something. The man is impressing. 
everyone love the story that aaron Rodgers told um, yeah and they just press her today about dean lowry so shout out to dean lowry the dude's a beast i am on the dean lowry bandwagon train or whatever that thing is called Choo-choo, I, I think uh you and i might be the conductors of that train or at least oh, yes. still people are going to let their bias uh play into their evaluations of dean lowry just because of his or play in the past or just because he was a body he didn't really do much he was just a body that was filling in snaps at defensive end but now he's at he's actually playing some decent football uh to start this season off so Dean Lowry yeah. the Rhino hope we can see that continue oh yes now uh just one bad thing I wanted to bring up you know there's okay. there's some good there's some bad from this game like there has been with most of these uh, few games to start the 2021 season, just because of the multitude of injuries the Green Bay Packers have had. But one thing that can be controlled, and we have been demanding every single week, because we know more than the Packers head coach, I can assure you that, is why does Matt LeFleur refuse to run the ball so often? Oh, I'm glad you brought this one up. I, I don't get it i don't the offensive play calling sometimes in some situations situational play calling on third and long specifically going empty empty back sets no motion or anything just aaron Rodgers looking 30 yards down the field is bizarre enough okay but take that away from me aaron jones and aj Dillon only having a combined nine carries last week Come on, Matt. Come on, Matt. We paid Aaron Jones a four-year contract for a reason. We drafted A.J. Dillon in the second round for a reason. They're great football players. When they've, been, when they've gotten their chance to win the game for the Packers, they've done great. And I get it, man. Aaron Rodgers is not playing bad football by any definition of the word. Any, you know, be deluded. You'd be out of your mind to say that Aaron Rodgers is playing bad football at this moment, anything like 2019, 2018, whatever. I get that. But can we just run the ball more than nine times? Is that too much of an ask? I get A.J. Dillon, put the ball on the ground two times. Doesn't even have to be that. Just the running back duo in general, only getting nine carries. Pretty pretty bad to see. Yeah, man. I don't, I just, yeah, I don't, I don't understand why we can't just run the football. I mean, I understand it wasn't working, but at least try to stick with it. Yep. They're going to have to run the football this week versus Arizona. Like they're going to have to. For sure. And I don't, I feel like we just can't have Aaron Rodgers throwing it 35 times every single week. I just don't yep. think that's smart. Like, come on, man. Yeah. And what seems like a preposterous suggestion that Aaron Rodgers is uh, maybe not demanding when I'm putting in that since that seems uh, more of a thing for Ty Dunn to write. But <laughs> really, saying when he gets back, you better put me in empty sets and, and let me throw the ball around the field. You know, that's possibly something that Aaron Rodgers wanted, requested more opportunities to stat pad, whatever. Um, for Aaron Rodgers in these uh, constant empty sets on situations, uh, not only third and down where it doesn't make sense, but also on second and 10 
second and mid, whatever, second down, not to run the ball and make it third and short beyond me. Yeah. Any other uh, thoughts you wanted to add about this Washington game, Big B? Um, just very excited to see Robert Tunyon finally have a big game after his rough start to the year. Um, not that Robert Tunyon performances like last year, we haven't seen so far this year and Alan Lazard, um, finally getting paid for his great blocking with some touchdowns for sure. Uh, and I love to see, by the way, on Alan Lazard, just in general, the people realizing now how, I, I guess maybe not realizing wouldn't be the correct term, but him, Mercedes Lewis, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, finally getting the praise they deserve, um, not only from Packers fans, but I've seen it elsewhere too, finally getting the praise they deserve for helping out in the run game. So that's fantastic to see. And, and it's and it's great to see Big Dog finally getting involved with the offense. He had like yep. three, four catches this week. Right. And – and I think he was the. I think I saw that he was like the highest graded player by PFF on the offensive side. Yeah. Like, give me all the big dog, please. Like, that's the only way I'm gonna get hype if if I see big dog every single play. This yeah, time. I've I've been having some conflicting thoughts about pro football focus and really just trying yeah. to construct my overall opinions about them lately because yeah. you know we cite them on the show every so often. I love some of their their work, the data they provide. But at the same time, I religiously understand what Aaron Rodgers means, what he said in his press conference last week by uh, what he said. Uh, The quote was, well, I'm not sure about stats because you can use them, manipulate them to uh, promote any message you want. So, and that's pretty much the brand of pro football focus. But at the same time, if they're going to, if they're going to use Mercedes Lewis, they're going to say Devondre Campbell is doing really good. They're going to say Mercedes Lewis is doing really good. I'm all for it. Yeah. And then you can also look at the other side of it. And they have uh, Rashul Douglas being like one of the worst graded players on the defensive side. And he has played phenomenal so far, I think, in his three games that he's played as a Packer. Like, I think he's been very, very good for just coming in, stepping into his role on the defense. Yeah, and that's kind of where PFF has its weakness, I guess, because, and I don't know exactly how they evaluate. I'm sure they just have some guy like Andy Herman does every week, just watch the game over, and they have somebody assigned to every game, okay, or grade this play, and they have to watch it three or four times. Um, But there's definitely some things like Rasul Douglas where he's allowing these receptions, but him and the secondary as a whole, playing with their head on fire, especially Douglas. You can watch him at every play. doesn't even have to be the all 22 film. And he is right there as soon. He's just chasing the ball, you know? So yeah. like you said, Rasul Douglas playing a great game. And, uh, okay. Okay. Now I just remembered something that I was oh, no. so furious about during Washington. I know we want to get on to Arizona and stuff, but <laughs> Oh my God, that pass interference call on oh. Rashul Douglas. I literally almost threw my TV out the window. That was a horrendous call. I don't understand what they were looking at. I I could tell that wasn't even pass interference. I don't even know what the hell I'm talking about. Okay, that it that just got me so pissed off. 
Go on. Okay. Yes. I wholeheartedly agree with you there. That was that was a bad call. I don't I mean whoever wide receiver he was on pretty much runs into him. Mm-hmm. And then on the actual when the pass is thrown to said receiver and Douglas is recovering him, that's just nothing but great defense. Yeah. And that was on a third down two. Would have been a, a great stop for Russell. So yeah. And and I think the next play, next play was that. 48-air touchdown to Terry McLaurin. Mm. That even makes it worse because the Packers should have been off the field. But no, because the refs are trash. That's why. That's that's painful to know that that McLaurin detail now. (laughs) Yeah, I'm pretty pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that is what happened. I might be wrong, but I... It's whatever. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, either way, it's a bad call. Yes. Now, after we've got our PFF rants out of the way, we got our pass interference rants out of the way. Um, I would like to talk more about the refs, but that's for another time, another day. Um, because really, it, like, maybe it's not for another time. Just one quick point here. The, <laughs> the calls are bad enough, but that's to be expected with every single referee and every single professional sport. Okay, and we're always going to feel the Packers get cheated, just like every other NFL team and every other professional sports team. It's going to feel their team got cheated at some point by the refs. But overall, outside of that, the game management from these referees is absurd. Yes. It should, the five minute review on the fumble that squeezed past Darnell Savage's uh, outside of his stomach. That's ridiculous. Five-minute review, and then the constant. And it was so bad against the Bears last week. The constant, okay, we got a flag. Now we got to wait for all these Jimmies to huddle up and talk about it. Well, who threw the flag? Well, what did you see? Why do you care what Jim saw? He was on the other end of the field. (laughs) I'm the one behind the snap who called false start. I like, I don't get this. Why are the, they in their position and then they got to converse? Like, shouldn't the guy behind the line be specialized in calling certain types of penalties, seeing what he sees, uh, and his opinion should be valued over X guy who's on the sideline? You know, I don't know what they're talking about. I wish I did. I wish we had like a mic'd up ref edition. Um, you know, it's, it's just hard to watch the NFL officiating try to manage a game with these constant stoppages of play. Now to some less happy times news. Uh, Devontae Adams and Lazard have been placed on the COVID-19 list and um, doesn't look like Devontae is going to be coming back because as far as now, we haven't seen any signs of a negative test from Devontae if he would if he was going to be eligible even after testing positive and being placed on the list yesterday or on Monday, he would have had to receive two negative tests in a row on a Tuesday and then Wednesday. Looks like that's not going to happen. Devontae Adams, he can pretty much pencil it in. I would go to the point, uh, Sharpie it in, that he will be out against Arizona. And then Alan yeah, Lazard. Aaron didn't sound confident today in his presser or no. during Pat McAfee. It's just sounded like he was pretty much dying on his couch. So 
Well, I probably should, probably should say that, but you know, pr- prayers, Devante. Hopefully, he gets better. Hopefully, yep. his family is okay. His daughter and everything. For sure, yeah. Uh, and then Alan Lazard is also for sure out as he was listed as a close contact. So he will be out for the next five days. And this is just really unfortunate to happen on a Thursday shortened week. Yep. Man, the same thing happened to the Packers last week. Uh, to Was this the week that Jamal Williams got placed on the COVID list when they were playing the 49ers on Thursday? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure that week because we were like, Aaron Jones was injured. Um, so AJ Dillon and Jamal were on the COVID list. So who, who did they throw out at running back that week? I think Dillon. No, because Dillon was. Yeah. Um, I Dex, probably oh, Dexter. Dexter. Had to be Dexter. Couldn't it be Patrick? Dexter Williams and Mike Weber, maybe? Probably. That's crazy. I want to say Trey Carson, but I think that was 2019. Uh, that was a while ago. Yeah. <laughs> Christy Michael. Oh, Lord. <laughs> That's kind of just like uh, what I was doing in our when we were drafting up the script for this episode. I was thinking of Arizona Cardinals running backs from 2017 and 18. <laughs> but, uh, so, yeah, that's besides the point. But main yes. point I'm making there is last week when they were scheduled to play on Thursday, the Packers also had some issues with COVID. And here we are again. The 49ers also had a ton of injuries, and also their whole wide receiver room was pretty much on the COVID list. So it was pretty crazy that they ended up playing that game on Thursday instead of just pushing it back two or three days. But, you know, the NFL, they got to get that primetime money. Oh, yeah. No matter who the teams are on Thursday night, it's going to be a big money maker for them. Like the Panthers and the Texans a few weeks ago – was literally still the highest rated show or highest viewed show on TV for that whole entire week. Crazy. That's yeah, that's insane. But anyways, uh, Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard out. Also Joe Barry, defense coordinator is out with COVID and the protocols rules are different with coaches. So uh, he has been able to be on meetings virtually all week. And that has also forced the whole coaching staff for safety to uh, conduct all of their meetings virtually. So there's that. I really, I hope that they got like one of those like kind of sci-fi future things, things that you see in TV shows or movies where like, it's not that futuristic. Maybe they already have these and it's possible, but like they got a little stand uh, and he's almost like a robot and they're just oh. FaceTiming him on an iPad or an iPad. And he can like he has controls that he can move around on, and he can just yeah. uh, go throughout the facility. Say, "Oh, hi, Mike. How's that wrist healing?" <laughs> kind of like a Modern Family, right? Exactly on that. On that uh, yeah, where um, somebody's graduation, and Phil Phil wasn't sick, but he had a uh, um, he's on vacation. Yeah, we 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 haven't dissected fully our our love for Modern Family together, so we we definitely need to do that at some point. Oh boy, that's off season. Yeah, 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 for sure. We'll have a whole episode this off season where we just talk about modern family. So get ready for that. Oh lord. And we'll incorporate football into it when we talk about the Peyton Manny cameo. <laughs> Finally, God, let's just talk about the Arizona Cardinals as much as we want to avoid it. First, uh, Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray, doing great this season. He's doing even better than last year. He's putting some things together. 
with the offensive uh, mastermind with Cliff Kingsbury. And, you know, this game for me really isn't as much. Well, obviously, I want to move on to 7-1. and one. I want to get this win. But the perception of what this will mean for the Packers around the NFL, I think, me uh, holds quite a lot of value. Well, maybe not a lot of value, but it means a lot if they can go into Arizona on a shortened week without so many starters. Jair Alexander, Devontae Adams. I mean, that's who most people think outside of Aaron Rodgers or the, the players this team relies on. So if they can go into Arizona with not only those two guys um, out, but plenty of others, and get this win against Tyler Murray, J.J. Watt, Chandler Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, the newly acquired Zach Gertz, that, that would be pretty insane. That would be. You know, and I'm – maybe I'm making it sound too much like I have doubts. I don't think – you know, I have – I'm not thinking that Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard being out makes this game any easier than it already was going to be uh, hard. But I still feel that the Packers offense and the Packers defense has the tools they need to win this game. Yeah. It's going to be more difficult, but they got Aaron Jones. They got A.J. Dillon. And we've seen so many times Packers are undefeated without Devontae Adams in the Matt Fleur area, era. Um, it always seems that Devontae has to miss few games early on in the season. This time it wasn't because of injury. Uh, odd circumstance this year, but they're undefeated without him, and that has mostly been due to the great Aaron Jones on offense. It's going to be a big week for him and really all three of those running backs. Hopefully they finally rely on the running game and A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones, Kylan Hill are ready to rumble. Yes, sir. You know, I get all my data, or at least most of this data, on opposing teams, and especially this week, because I didn't have time to do much research or anything. I literally get data and facts on these teams by just looking up Cardinals versus Packers preview, and then I go to Arizona Cardinals football channels. It could be somebody as wonky and unprofessional as us just talking about the game, or it could be the Locked On Network, whatever. But I'll just literally watch those YouTube videos, see what their fans think, okay? And uh, that's how I gather my information about the team. And here's a few things that I picked up on uh, just watching those videos. That uh, their offensive line, it seems to be kind of a weak point for them. And uh, especially offensive tackle Josh Jones. Um, second-year offensive tackle on the starting offensive line had a really bad game against the Houston Texans. Wait, did you just say Josh Jones? <laughs> Josh Jones, not the, the safe, uh, safety. Not the, the safety. Okay. From All Miami. Right. Yeah, or uh, Houston. Oh, boy. So, drafted in the third round, even though he's projected to go in the first round, whatever. But Josh Jones has been struggling. Uh, along with some other young pieces along that offensive line, they do have veteran Rodney Hudson. But outside of that, they have some weak points. Uh, also, they struggle just in the first quarter, just like the Green Bay Packers do on offense. So, and, and one of the guys said, hopefully the Cardinals can end their streak of starting off slow uh, because if they don't, if they do, or if they don't start off fast, 
then Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are probably going to already have 21 points on the board in the second quarter. I'm like, buddy, buddy, no, I don't <laughs> think that's going to happen. You know, if, you, if the Packers get 14 points in the first quarter, that's a massive win for them. <laughs> but maybe this first quarter might turn out to be boring between two teams who seem uh, to struggle apparently to start off quick. But after that, they go off guns of blazing on the offensive side of the ball. So that will be uh, certainly something to watch. And that first quarter, I think it's going to be so important to blitz the heck out of Kyler Murray, get him flustered, throw his whole game off. uh, So he, you know, throughout the rest of the game, he's kind of off platform and just trying to escape the pocket um, after hopefully a, a rough and tough first quarter for him. Big B, any thoughts on this Cardinals team? Oh, my. You just gave me a whole freaking notebook full of answers there. Glad you do research. All right. So, pretty much what I gathered from that was pretty much um, Cardinals offensive line not looking too hot or not sounding like too hot. Going to be important, like you said, to get Kyler flustered in the first quarter. Kenny Clark's going to have a very – Tough matchup going up against a all-pro center in Rodney Hudson. But I'll take Kenny Clark every day of the week, though. Um, Dean Lowry is going to have to step up. Kingsley Kiki is going to have to step up. Um, Preston, if he plays, and Rashawn Gary are going to have to contain those edges, not let Kyler Murray get outside, extend plays, just like another guy that we know does that very, very well. Um, And then going to have to somehow – try to stop DeAndre Hopkins just as good as Devontae Adams can really wreck a game. Mm -hmm. And they have AJ Green, um, Zach Ertz, they have Christian Kirk, Rondell Moore, have all the weapons in the world looking like 2011 at Green Bay Packers team. That is, I think that's a very good comparison. Um, And go ahead. I love that you mentioned that 2011 team because I was just thinking – how exciting of a game this would be for the 2021 Cardinals to go up against the 2011-2014 Packers with Aaron Rodgers, who could really extend plays back then. That that would just be so exciting. But continue. Yep. And then on the offensive side of the Packers, we have we still have Randall Cobb. I have not seen like anybody mention we still have Randall Cobb yep. on for wide receivers. I don't know why nobody's mentioning that. Seems like he's getting forgotten which may or may not be a good thing. I don't know, but still have Randall Cobb, still have somebody who Aaron Rodgers trust, but then we have freaking Walmart employees going out there running on the field. And, and then um, Aaron, Aaron Jones is going to have to be a big part of this game as a wide receiver, as a blocker, as a running back. If he gets touches, because clearly didn't do that last week. And Aaron Jones is going to have to have a massive, massive game. He has had a massive game. It feels like every time Devontae Adams out, Aaron Jones is going to have to be the offense. The offense is going to have to run through Aaron Jones this game if they want even a chance to win this game. Yes, uh, very well summarized there. And I think what this game really comes down to, it's so cliche and it's said it every week. You can go to just about every single game. Uh, and you will find somebody saying, this game's going to be won in the trenches, folks. <laughs> but 
All them case, old heads out there saying oh yeah, that every that's week. That's a classic old head quote. Yeah. But this game against Cardinals, I think, is going to be won in the trenches. Because of the Packers' offensive line uh, going up against two great pass rushers, probably two top ten pass rushers, I would say. Uh, may, you know, if we're talking 2016, then definitely the two top ten pass rushers in the league in Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt. And then for the Packers' side of the ball, hopefully stepping things up, Dean Lowry, Kenny uh, Kingsley, he, he continuing to build off of their success that they've had on so far. Kenny Clark having to control things in the middle. And like you mentioned, it's going to be such a big difference if Preston Smith and Kevin Keene can play in this game. I think because Kevin was a game-time decision even this past week or was very close to playing and the same thing with Preston, I think they'll be good to go, and I really hope to do because – like you mentioned, they have so many weapons on that offensive side of the ball. I have confidence in Eric Soaps. I don't know if I have confidence in him to contain DeAndre Hopkins, not let him score at least two or three touchdowns. Um, so having Keenan there, I don't know. I don't know if Jair is even on the possible timetable to return this week. No. Um, but having Keenan there to control things, hopefully Amos. Savage can help out uh, Stokes on uh, Hopkins, and I'm sure it'll be matchup things who they like better on Hopkins, Bateman, Green, between Stokes and Keene, and then Douglas as well. So that secondary for the Packers is going to have a tough challenge ahead of them. Uh, and then the Packers, obviously, to outscore this firing Cardinals offense without Devontae Adams and Alan Lassard on their side of the ball. But overall... There's reasons to have faith in this Packers team, too. Looks like uh, would be pulling an upset against the home team Cardinals this week. Yeah, and and touch touch a little bit on um, DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins is going to get his. Like, there's sure. no way we can stop DeAndre Hopkins. He's just, just that good. English is hard. Um, he's just that good. Like, you just – you can't contain him. You can only – only just try to minimize the yep. potential targets, but he is definitely going to get his opportunities and definitely going to get his touchdowns probably. For sure. Uh, Packers Twitter is going to be very a very toxic environment during this game. Overreactions galore. People are going to be turning their TVs off, TVs off after the first drive. But yep. <laughs> game where you got to stay calm. Mm-hmm. And really, if it's tense, that's probably a good thing for the Packers. But Big B, what are you thinking? I know you're going to say they're wins. It's like I am every week. But what are your score predictions for the Packers in this game? And then give us a player uh, who you think is a X factor. All right. My score prediction is going to be 42-38 Packers win. I feel like that's literally the only way we're going to win is if we outscore Arizona. So 42-38 well, yeah, Packers win. Um, and my I think it was kind of uh, important to, to score more points than the opponent to win the game. Yeah. I feel, I'll, I'll, start like... be, I'll stop being a smart aleck and uh, you go to your <laughs> X factor. <laughs> my X factor, Um. oh, man, this is actually kind of tough. I'm going to say – um, Robert Tunyon actually mm. 
I know, I know it's not some unsung hero type player, some like, uh, who should I say, Shamar Jean Charles type player. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, Robert Tunyon is just another guy who Aaron Rodgers trusts, another guy I expect the ball to be thrown to a lot, especially with Devontae to be out. And hopefully he um, um, stacks more successes on top of that big performance he had versus Washington last week. Yes, that trust thing you mentioned with Tunyon and Randall Cobb is going to be so important in this game, considering Aaron Rodgers is going to be going out there with EQ and uh, Malik Taylor getting quite a bit of snaps this week. So, and then outside of that, it's Amari Rodgers uh, and maybe Marquez Valdez-Scantling. So Cobb, Tunyon, maybe Scantling if he gets activated in time, that's going to be so important for them. Uh, to have that trust with Aaron Rodgers. My score prediction, completely agree with you. It's going to have to be a shootout for the Packers to pull out with a win here. And I am going to say maybe a little less scoring and uh, 35, 33 Packers get the win. A a very, very close one. Jeez, my my heart's already stopping (laughs) just thinking about it. Oh, my God. I'm already standing out of my seat. (laughs) but that's all we got for you today on the underage packers podcast let us know your thoughts on uh, all the things we chatted about today here on episode 85 on the on the underage packers podcast uh make sure you follow us on twitter subscribe to us on the youtube channel uh find us on tiktok instagram facebook folks we really appreciate all the support you give us every single week of the nfl season any uh, final words, final go, Pat, goes you want to give people, baby? Jamal Williams is still the goat, and go, Pat, go. Go, Pat, go. We'll talk to you later, folks.